0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author and a paranormal researcher whose wardrobe consists mostly of alien and Bigfoot (laughs) t-shirts. It's true. I gave up trying to be cool a long time ago. I'm all all about the comfort now, and uh, I make no apologies for being strange. But ironically, the general public is getting more and more interested in UFOs and mysterious creatures, so maybe it's only a matter of time uh, before my outfits are considered stylish. Uh, Regardless, I've got a really good episode lined up for you today. We're talking about portals, those gateways to other dimensions, those wormholes through space and time, the doorways to places we dare not dream of. Uh, Call them what you like, but the following true stories are sure to leave you scratching your head, so hold on tight and keep an open mind, because things are about to get so strange. Here in our first article that I rounded up from the interwebs, we have nine strange stories involving gateways to other dimensions. To kick off this list, we're going to talk about one of the most paranormal places in America, Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, this small UFO—excuse uh, me, Utah-based ranch uh, be- became infamous for high strangeness, UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, and mysterious voices that echo out of nowhere. Skinwalker Ranch regularly has reports of strange gateways to other dimensions, often in the form of circles that open up in the sky to reveal a different colored sky inside of it. It's so strange. Uh, once in a while, ranchers report seeing crafts flying in and out of these holes in the sky. Strange as that may be, it seems like the gateways that open up aren't totally limited to the sky. Uh, during the initial time ranchers spent there they ran into a wolf that was almost the size of a car the wolf seemed intelligent and even let them pet it and then it attacked the ranchers cows naturally they chased after the wolf and shot at it only to have the wolf vanish before their very eyes the wolf was real Uh, they felt it and it left visible bite marks on their cows So later on, the ranchers saw a very strange hyena-like animal with a long bushy tail and a large head that attacked animals. uh, and It vanished into thin air shortly after the sighting. What's interesting about this is that they later found out that the wolf they saw actually matched the description of a dire wolf, which is a species of wolf that died out uh, 10,000 years ago. The hyena-like creature also matches the description of a uh, Dino Crocuta Giganta, which is an extinct creature that lasted, um, that last existed uh, 4.5 million years ago in Asia. So how did some (laughs) prehistoric animals, you know, phase in and out of existence like that? Is it possible that these these extinct animals might not really be extinct? Um, It sounds like they may have come from a vortex that temporarily let them walk around the ranch. Um there's a lot to unpack here from this article, and I'm kind of skimming through it. But you know, let's start with the the portals. Um, you know, these these things that the ranchers are seeing in the sky. Uh, it's really strange, really strange. But skinwalker Ranch, first of all, it's a paranormal funny house of mirrors. I mean there's a little bit of everything going on there, not just the portals, but it's a hodgepodge of mysteries. You got strange creature sightings, you got disembodied voices, UFOs zipping around all over the place. It seems like the land itself is is haunted. And you know, when I first heard of Skinwalker Ranch, I was thinking, oh, it's it's a ranch. Like it's a it's cool, it's a cute little farm property or whatever. No, this thing is massive. I mean it spend it spans, you know, umpteen you know hundreds of square miles Uh, it's a ginormous place in utah and as many of you already know uh they have done a documentary or i guess it's more of a reality show on skinwalker ranch and uh (laughs) you know you can understand why because there's a little bit of everything going on there but first let's talk about the holes that people are seeing opening up in the sky you know circles in the atmosphere that appear out of nowhere and crafts are seen flying in and out of these things. It sounds like a portal to me, and it would make sense if extraterrestrial craft are entering and exiting these portals. You know, maybe they act as some sort of an interstellar highway, if you will, like a like a wormhole that leads to other worlds. And that would actually make a lot more sense for aliens to enter and exit our world instantaneously through portals, because they sure as heck aren't flying here. I mean, the, even, even if, hypothetically, if an alien species was able to design a craft that can fly at the speed of light, in the grand scheme of the cosmos, the speed of light is still too slow for, you know, any sort of effective interst- interstellar travel. Uh, if you were going the speed of light, which is roughly 186,000 miles per second, now going that fast, you could fly around the Earth four and a half times in one second, super fast. But when you when you're talking about the the vast distance between planets, uh, you know, to fly at the speed of light, it essentially means that to travel to a uh, to a planet that's a thousand light years away, the journey would take a thousand years. Now, I suppose you know, if the craft is piloted by artificial drones, that might be possible. But um, I'm thinking that a lot of the UFO sightings are somehow utilizing wormhole technology or portals because again due to the distance and space and time that it takes to travel the the universe they're not flying here <laughs> it would just take too long uh, coincidentally a lot of the craft that are being seen these disc shaped craft cigar shaped craft and other ones that look like jellyfish and all sorts of other strange things most of them don't have wings <laughs> they don't have wings because they're not flying here they're popping in and out of our existence um, you know, but the the holes uh, that are opening up in the sky um, kind of re- reminded me of uh, an incident from November seventh, two thousand six, and this occurred at the Chicago, uh, the main airport in Chicago, the O'Hare Airport, one of the busiest ones in the world. Uh, right around four p.m., and a- an employee on the plane's ramp saw a spinning object hovering over Gate C seventeen. Uh, the employee told the pilot, the pilot told the control tower. I, I think actually some flights were delayed and cancelled because if there's unknown aircraft in the sky, planes aren't going to take off. Mind you, this was five years post 9/11 uh, or six years post 9/11. Um, but the object was seen by all sorts of employees. A lot of uh, some of the people on the runway said it appeared to be hovering right around 200 feet below the cloud cover. It it rose quickly, vertically shot straight up, uh, punched a hole through the cloud cover. And so if you could imagine almost like a, a round shape or a donut-shaped hole in the cloud, it just popped right through. Um, and I know this isn't exactly what's seen over Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch necessarily, but um, the, the holes appearing in the sky kind of reminded me of the hole in the cloud cover over Chicago O'Hare. The, the ginormous wolves that these people saw at Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, first of all, people, if you see a wolf in the wild, don't pet it. This is not a petting zoo, okay? This is not, this is not a goat. This is not a, you know, good God, why would you pet a wolf? Don't do it. Um, but it's a head-scratcher, though, because, you know, this thing was physical and it was real enough to leave bite marks on the cows, but the fact that it disappeared right in front of the people when being shot at would make me think it was more of a ghost or a specter, you know, a non-physical entity that's fading in and out of the tangible world. So if that's the case, is it doing so through portals somehow? Is it utilizing portals? Um, I don't know, but it sounds like a big, huge wolf. And again, that, you know, kind of uh, takes me down the path of the dogman phenomena, which uh, dogman sightings, a.k.a., just imagine a werewolf, a bipedal, two-legged, ginormous wolf-like creature these things are being seen all over the country not just in utah and the southwest but in all parts of the country with such frequency uh, they're almost getting more uh, common than bigfoot sightings uh, so compared to that uh, bigfoot seems like a little guinea pig or something more tame um, and then there's a matter of the hyena looking creature that these people saw in skinwalker ranch now i'm no wildlife expert but i don't think not hyenas are native to utah um, but all this talk of large canines, again, kind, kind of brings me back to the, to the dogman phenomenon. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, years ago... Uh, A friend of a friend. I have a friend named uh, Craig. He put me in touch with another person. uh, And I know this sounds like a game of telephone. Oh, so-and-so heard it from so-and-so. But this is an actual event of a friend of Craig's was in the the Utah desert, I believe it was. It might have been New Mexico, but I think it was Utah. Him and his buddies were traveling back from a concert on a desolate highway late at night. uh, And they report that they saw a giant... Uh, creature, a dog-like creature, um, following their car, running, paralleling their car, which was going a good clip, 60, 65 miles an hour, this thing was easily catching up. It was looking at the guys through the window. It kept turning its head and looking into the vehicle. All the guys saw it. All the guys are screaming and freaking out. But the, the craziest thing was that this dog-like creature, it was... It was alternating between running on all fours and popping up on two feet. It was running on two feet, 60, 65 miles an hour, dropping back down onto all fours. And as the story goes, as as Craig related, he said that his buddy claims this creature eventually reared up and when it couldn't keep up with the car anymore, it reared up and slammed its fist down on the back of the trunk. And sure enough, it left dent marks in the truck. Uh, So again, it wasn't a a hallucination. I don't know what's going on in the the deserts of Utah, but uh, if I were you, I'd only go there during the daytime. And uh, I'm trying to track down that uh, individual. Um, I know his name. I have his wife's contact information. I've been begging him to come on and share his story with me, Uh, but I can only get in touch with his wife because she says that it was so traumatizing he doesn't want to talk about it. And who can blame him? Uh, But maybe someday. Uh, I can, uh, you know, help him muster up the courage to share his story on the show. Um, You know, yes, it would be interesting to hear, but uh, also, possibly more importantly, it might feel good for him to get it off his chest, you know, to have some people hear his take um, and just to have people believe his story. I mean, when you have an occurrence like that, I think the hardest thing is, you know, thinking people are going to assume you're crazy, you know, because those things don't exist. Well... When you have hundreds and thousands of sightings of these creatures, maybe they do exist. But regardless, um, I'll keep you posted on that uh, particular guest if I can have him on. Meanwhile, uh, Skinwalker Ranch is a strange place. And in my opinion, uh, there's really only one area of the country that might be able to match it in terms of paranormal diversity. And that is a place called the Bridgewater Triangle which is up near Massachusetts, uh, kind of runs through uh, Bridgewater, um, right right southwest of Boston, actually. Uh, I was supposed to go on a trip to that area just a few weeks ago, and fortunately my back and neck uh, pain flared up at the most inconvenient time, and I had to miss that trip. Uh, but I do another podcast called Paranormal Dads, co-hosted by my friends Eddie and Pat, and uh, we're planning to make it on out there to the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, hopefully in the spring and get into all sorts of shenanigans and paranormal tomfoolery. So I'll keep you posted on that. But yeah, the Bridgewater Triangle, much like, um, much like Skinwalker Ranch, it has uh, ghost sightings, portals, weird creatures, lights in the sky, swamp monsters. I mean, you name it. Uh, paranormal cornucopia of weird events. Next we go to China. And uh, back to this article. It reads, In the early part of this decade... China had a serious spat of strange sightings involving cities that seemed to float above the people uh, float above people in the sky. The floating cities looked nothing like the cities that they were spotted uh, near, and they had details that included towers, windows, and even signs. The strange phantom cities, appeared years apart often on cloudy days over rivers nearby some scientists believe that this may be an extreme version of a mirage also known as um, a fata morgana however there's an issue with this explanation Uh, fata morgana is known to just make things look like they're floating above the water so quite literally just a mere image or a mirage Uh, and it's most often a reflection of what's nearby but these cities are not reflections of the cities where they were spotted and so what are they well a lot of people believe that these were openings of gateways to other dimensions that just so happened to be too high up to be accessible uh, others believe that it may be a government experiment uh, either way it uh, definitely raises some questions that make you wonder and i'll say if you if you want to fall deep down a rabbit hole check out some youtube videos of this uh, phenomena called uh, Fata Morgana, um, it's trippy stuff, and I'm not sure if it's related to portals or if they're merely a weird weather event. But it's definitely so strange. Um, weather itself. I mean, we. <laughs> I've already done one episode on weird weather events, but um, you know, sometimes just for kicks, you know, get on there and check it out on these these videos of weird cloud formations. They have clouds that look like UFOs. Um, there's you know weird. Um, Uh, lightning. I mean, there's all sorts of weather events. That's perhaps the strangest aspect of our planet is the weather itself. Uh, But back to the article, Uh, Peru's Markawasi, if I'm saying that right, uh, Peru's Markawasi stone forest is often considered to be one of the most active gateways to other dimensions in South America. The beautiful, picturesque forest, Uh, forest is known for having massive rock outcroppings that seem to have a humanoid shape to them, despite no known history of them being carved. Natives to the area have long considered the stone forest to be a sacred place, not to mention one that's to be feared. Its reputation for having gateways to other dimensions comes from the fact that many mysterious disappearances have happened there over the centuries. Uh, One person came to a doctor's office after a particularly strange visit at Markawasi. The patient, uh, a woman who was paralyzed throughout the half of her body, uh, claimed to have seen a cabin while hiking with her friends through the stone forest. Uh, The cabin itself seemed oddly designed and very out of place. The cabin had windows, and inside the place looked like it was glowing, uh, which was actually a really stark contrast against the dark night sky. Uh, peering inside, she noticed people in old-fashioned clothing, and they were laughing and cavorting as if they were in a party. There was sounds coming from the cabin, almost beckoning her to go inside. Uh, the woman felt an unnatural urge to go into the cabin, and she opened the door. Soon a feeling of dread came over her She walked halfway through the threshold And then was pulled out by her friends But the half of her body That walked through the door Became uh, instantly paralyzed It paralyzed her from then on So the patient has gone on record To say that she believes That she walked into another dimension And that if she went through the doorway She'd never have been able To be seen again Wow Wow Um, Paralyzed. I mean, there's physical, tangible evidence there of something supernatural going on. You know, thankfully, she came out okay, uh, relatively okay. But, you know, again, the half of her body that crossed the threshold was was instantly paralyzed. I guess there's a (laughs) price to be paid for messing with portals. uh, But uh, it says here, if you're into the strange and otherworldly, uh, Peru should be your next travel destination. Uh, It's rumored to have an interdimensional portal uh, is known as the gateway of the gods. Uh, This stone structure is known for having two doorways. Uh, One is a smaller human-shaped one, and the larger one, which allegedly would be the one uh, that the gods came out of. Uh, Like with any tale involving opening portals to alternate dimensions, uh, there was a way uh, to get things going. Uh, To use the gates of the god, you'd need the right tools. So inside the structure is a small depression that would fit in a handheld disk. The disk was allegedly the key to the gateway, and once placed in the depression, would cause the door to shimmer and glow. So once the door shimmered, the Gate of the Gods could be used. Um, A legend suggests that the Incas may have made this gateway defunct. Uh, During the time of the conquistadors, an Incan priest realized that the Gate of the Gods was too powerful to let it fall into the grips of the European thieves. So he took the sacred disk, pressed it into the gateway, and jumped through, snatching the disk on his way out. Uh, that being said, this is one of the few gateways to other dimensions that still, seems, uh, that still sees its fair share of high strangeness. So there you have it, man. Homeboy snatched the key on the way through the portal and was like, so long, suckers. But Peru, yeah, Peru's an interesting place. You know, aside from these portal stories, you got Machu Picchu, uh, sacred, you know, site. Um, a lot of weird energy from, I, and I've personally known people who've gone to Machu Picchu, Peru, and they say the energy is just palpable. It just vibrates at a different frequency that can be felt. And then you also, in Peru, you have the Nazca lines, you know, these uh, formations on the desert floor uh, that are so large that they can only be seen from the sky. But, you know, these ancient people who created them. Uh, could they didn't have airplanes so who were they creating such big pictures for makes you wonder if somebody uh, was high up above looking down and maybe they were trying to offer a gift to the alien overlords it's only a theory but it's a popular one and uh, so if you ever go to peru uh, check out Machu Picchu the nazca lines and apparently uh, watch out for uh, watch out for the portals and if you see one don't go through it uh, don't want to put you in harm's way don't want you to get paralyzed Alright, and what if you want to go to another dimension but don't have the money for a trip to Peru? Uh, If you go on online forums, you can see that there are plenty of people who claim that one of the easiest gateways to other dimensions uh, is through your dreams. Many people claim to get glimpses of alternate dimensions in their dreams, oftentimes going so far as to describe details about other dimensions' alternate history. Uh, One forum user on uh, Experience Project. Uh, this user is called Mobius One, explained it this way, quote, I have also had reoccurring settings in my dreams in which nothing really happens, but I am revisiting cities and people that don't exist in this world. These strange cities are so detailed that I can draw you a map of them. I have died three times in three different worlds, and I haven't had dreams about these worlds since. I know how drowning feels because that is one of the ways that I passed. So, This would sound like a typical dream if it weren't for the fact that some of the people keep revisiting the same alternate realities, or even go so far as to mention details about languages that they don't know. Uh, uh, Al, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Alcala de Guadaria. Was a town that Pedro Olivia Ramirez really knew, he knew it really well. Having grown up near Seville, uh, Pedro had traveled the small two lane road to his tiny hamlet for years. So if anybody knew the area like the back of his hand, it would have been Mr. Ramirez. And then one day, on the way to Alcala de Guadiara, uh, Pedro watched in amazement as the typically two lane road started to shift into a massive, modern, six lane highway filled with speeding cars. Uh, that wasn't the only odd change in the scenery that Pedro noticed either. Uh, tall, thin grass he had never seen before started to pop, to pop up all over the place. He noticed houses and apartment buildings as high as 20 stories, a truly bizarre change from the normal scenes of petite homes lined by classical Spanish gardens. He then noticed that there were massive factories with tiny shimmering lights off in the distance. Soon after, a wave of intense heat flooded his car, followed by what sounded like radio static, and he heard a disembodied voice tell him that he had traveled through another dimension. Even the cars were different. Uh, Rather than modern vehicles, Ramirez saw old Cadillacs racing past him, uh, complete with alien license plates, or license plates that were extremely unusual. Uh, Eventually, he turned a corner and found himself in the middle of Seville. The entire trip should have taken 30 minutes. He was missing for three hours. Did a gateway just open up to another world in front of Pedro? Uh, did he take a trip through one of the more modernized alternative realities among parallel worlds, and if so, how did it happen? That's a, uh, wow, that's an amazing story. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't reference uh what year this took place i can only assume it was well before seville was a big and bustling city and maybe maybe that's you know part of what made it so spectacular but there are countless cases like this you know people who seemingly pop through portals and catch a glimpse of the past or the future um and this kind of reminds me of uh two of the episodes that we covered back in season one the show about glitches in the matrix and the episode on time slips you know, as for, as for Pedro, uh, he was missing for three hours and his trip should have taken 30 minutes. Um, cases involving portals, they have a funny way of messing with time, you know, causing people to arrive later or even sooner than expected. So here's a, a fascinating story I rounded up uh, from Brightside channel on YouTube.
1: December 4th, 1970. Pilot Bruce Gernon had two passengers on board his Beechcraft Bonanza single-engine aircraft. His father and business partner. They took off from Andros Island in the Bahamas and headed northwest for the Florida coast. Sure, they were in the infamous Bermuda Triangles airspace, but this was a typical flight Bruce had made dozens of times before. The trip usually took about an hour and a half with no hiccups whatsoever. Bruce took off and started gaining altitude. Strange things started happening right from the get-go. At first, he noticed a small cloud up ahead, but it kept growing. Not from the plane getting closer. This thing was actually getting bigger in size. Bruce had to fly through it, and he came out the other end just fine. He gained altitude, and yet another mysterious cloud appeared. This one was massive, and Bruce had no other choice but to fly through it, too. At that moment, it got dark as night all around the aircraft. But this wasn't a storm cloud, and it wasn't raining. Bruce was starting to get worried, and then... BAM! He saw flashes of white light. Bruce kept flying for another 30 minutes, when he realized this was the same cloud he had gone through earlier when he started to climb. But now the cloud was cylindrical, and the plane was flying through its center. It was wide and seemed endless. Bruce thought he could never get out of that trap. But a minute later, he saw light at the end of the tunnel. But all of a sudden, the walls of the cloud tunnel began to narrow. They were closing in on the plane. The navigational instruments started wigging out. The compass was spinning by itself, counterclockwise. The walls kept narrowing, smaller and smaller, wrapping like a vortex. The electrical instruments still going haywire. Bruce was running out of time. He had to get out of this place fast. A grueling 20 seconds later, he burst out of this foggy trap. As Bruce described later, he felt weightless for five seconds as his plane left the tunnel. The clouds dispersed and now the aircraft was in a grayish haze. The men let out a big sigh of relief. He immediately grabbed the radio and contacted ground control to determine his location. But when the dispatcher looked at the green screen, his face became contorted with confusion. Bruce's plane wasn't on the radar it was as if the thing was invisible but then the dispatcher said the aircraft was already in Miami airspace Bruce was utterly shocked it just couldn't be true remember the whole trip usually took around 90 minutes but this time it took just 47 minutes to get to the destination his plane didn't magically gain some supersonic speed beyond the models limited max cruising speed this was physically impossible The dispatcher must have made a mistake. But when the clouds parted, Bruce saw that he really was over Miami. The plane landed safely, and it was time to try and solve this mystery. Bruce checked the remaining fuel and his watch. After a short calculation, he was only more confused. The plane hadn't gone through the amount of fuel it should have. Archive records show that 84 sunspots were recorded that day, as well as a huge solar wind. This would cause disturbances in the Earth's magnetosphere that could throw off the plane's instruments and radars. But so far, no one has been able to explain how the plane got to Miami so fast. Maybe in the future, the truth will be revealed. In the meantime, it remains another mysterious riddle of the Bermuda Triangle.
0: So, if you're the kind of person who tends to run a few minutes late, maybe you can get yourself one of these uh, Bermuda Triangle portals. That way you can make up for lost time and get to your destination faster than expected. Uh, Man, can you imagine if we could uh, open up these portals intentionally? You know, it would change uh, the travel industry forever. You know, change a three-hour flight into a 30-minute flight. I think people would pay top dollar for that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Another one of the many gateways to other dimensions found in South America is the Gate of the Sun, and much like Peru's Gate of the Gods, the Gate of the Sun is mostly known for its legendary uses rather than its current paranormal activity. According to the legend, the Gate of the Sun would allow people to travel between worlds and would also be used by gods as a way to commune with humans in the area. However, unlike the Gate of the Gods, the Gate of the Sun was a legit stone doorway that you could walk through. The gate of the sun was allegedly knocked into dysfunction after a sudden cataclysm happened, and when conquistadors found it, the gate was indeed knocked onto its side. Since the gate fell, there's been no sign of interdimensional travel. However, the stone archway still seems to carry a unique jarring energy around it. Uh, People claim to hear disembodied voices whenever they're near it, and some also feel a strange sensation similar to static electricity. Man, if I had a nickel for every time a conquistador broke a gateway to another dimension, man, I tell you what. Those conquistadors, they ruin everything. tell you what, man, if we still had a portal intact, I don't know. I don't know which one of us would be brave enough to actually jump through it, (laughs) supposing it, it worked. I don't know. Would you? I don't know if I would, after hearing the story of the lady who got paralyzed. I don't know. Gateway of the sun, gateway of the gods. I don't know. I'd be that bystander who was in the background just taking videos of other people jumping through it. (laughs) We'll see what happens to them first before I put a toe through the doorway. Uh, Up next, we have a story uh, called Unexplainable Crash. Throughout the American West, there's an unspoken understanding that strange things tend to happen out in the desert. This is doubt uh, doubtly true on certain highways and regions where skinwalkers are said to roam. One common theme among legends is the belief that gateways to other dimensions can open at random on these roads. In 1972, four girls from Southern Utah University were returning from a rodeo in Nevada. They got into the car and went through... Uh, Gadianton Canyon, Canyon, and as a way to cut through Utah in record time, that's the route that they took. Uh, Soon after, it became clear that something was amiss. The desert badlands gave way to a road with grass and pine trees. The normally black asphalt changed to white concrete, and behind them, no desert could be seen. The girls began to get scared, understandably so. Uh, Knowing that they never saw these sights on the way to the event, Uh, worried that they may have misread the map, they pulled over to a small picnic table and decided to figure it out. They got out of the car, stretched their legs, and looked around. And then one of the girls let out a scream. Over on the road next to them were four black egg-shaped vehicles on wheels that emitted a bright light from an unseen source. The strange machines began to approach them, and the girls ran into the car and drove off. The strange, egg-like cars followed them aggressively, and as they got back on the road, their area started to return to its normal appearance. Worried about the bizarre crafts behind them, the girls ran off the road and crashed the car. Their pursuers were nowhere to be found. Shortly after the incident, police were called by a friendly motorist who spotted the wreck. When police took a look at the car accident, they were able to look at the marks in the sand from where the car careened off the road. The tracks from their car abruptly started and stopped, as if someone had literally just dropped the car from the sky. No explanation was ever found as to how this could happen or what the girls saw that night. Egg-shaped vehicles. (laughs) That's a strange one. Uh, Now, I suppose you could probably find an egg-shaped vehicle somewhere in the world, but it would probably be a custom job and not like a mass-produced and, you know, available to the public type of situation, especially back in 1972. Now, uh, I don't claim to know much about egg-shaped cars, uh, but I do know, dear listener, that right now you can subscribe to this podcast and receive a bonus Super Strange episode each and every week. Uh, Simply click on the link in the show notes and you can begin unlocking these super strange episodes. Uh, This bonus content will be similar to the shows that I'm currently producing, only better, weirder, and stranger. Uh, A subscription is only $4.99 a month. That's like the price of a Starbucks coffee. Just one time a month. And again, that will give you access to one super strange bonus episode each week. And that's on top of the regular show that I'll post each week, so pretty simple math. That's eight episodes every month for only $4.99. And in a world of uh, crazy inflation, that's a pretty good deal. So uh, tell your friends and family uh, and anyone else who might be interested. Uh, Other perks of being a subscriber include a private monthly roundtable video chat that I'll be doing with those in the Super Strange Club. Uh, It's going to be kind of an exclusive Q&A session where we can discuss upcoming episodes, you can give me input and suggestions for topics to cover on the show. I'll give you sneak peeks at my studio and all sorts of other topics, kind of like our own little club, if you will. And the final perk is that everybody in Club Super Strange will be entered in a monthly drawing for a chance to win tickets to events and lectures that I do on a regular basis. So if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, my hometown, you can attend one of these events for free uh, in person. Um, or if you're outside of Omaha, you can, join, uh, you can join the video events if you live elsewhere. So topics of my events range from ghosts to angels, past life lectures, intuitive development workshops, and all sorts of uh, topics that you'll enjoy if you enjoy the podcast. So uh, anyway, so just to clarify, the name of my podcast is, and always will be, So Strange, but I'm calling the subscription and the bonus episodes Super Strange, because uh, they really will be, trust me. And again, it's only $4.99 a month. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your support. It means the world to me. This is a labor of love. I love podcasting. I love delivering this content to you. And uh, I'm excited to kick it up a notch with these bonus episodes. Uh, But anyway, enough of the business side of things. Let's dive back into the swimming pool of strangeness here. And up next... We have the Philadelphia Experiment. If you've never heard of this one, you're in for a treat. (laughs) The article reads, If you believe rumors and conspiracy theories, then you might be aware of one of the more alarming stories involving gateways to other dimensions. This one doesn't involve aliens or ancient civilizations. It involves Uncle Sam. According to some witnesses, there was a strong effort by the United States government to create an interdimensional portal. Some also suggest that it was an attempt at an invisibility cloak. Uh, either way, something strange happened and technology was involved. So one day in the 1940s, uh, people were lounging around uh, by the shore, uh, saw fully staffed the fully staffed USS Eldridge vanish before their eyes. So we're talking about a big, huge ship here. The ship reappeared miles away from but the Eldridge definitely didn't look too good. Not that anyone who just traveled through a dimensional portal would. Um, The ship itself appeared untouched from the outside, but the crew definitely appeared worse for the wear. Uh, Many allegedly died with expressions of terror on their face. Some some who reappeared were fused to the ship or even cut in half through the ship's floor. Uh, Those whose bodies were intact mostly appeared insane. Some, though, were able to recant what they saw. Some claimed to see people who had died, while others said that they traveled through time. Regardless, the entire experiment remains clouded in mixed reports and legend. It seems like Uncle Sam really wanted to cover up what happened. Now I'm going to go on record, and I'm going to say that I do believe in the existence of portals. All right, I have no idea how they work but they would certainly explain a whole host of paranormal happenings, including the socks that mysteriously disappear from the dryer. I swear to God, my daughter Sky, there's not one single uh, matching pair of socks in her sock drawer. They just they disappear. I cannot find a match. <laughs> but disappearing socks are one thing. Disappearing battleship, like, are you kidding me? Teleporting something of that size would take some serious technology, or magic, uh, if you will. But a modern-day aircraft carrier, you know, keep this in mind. A modern-day aircraft carrier can weigh up to 100,000 tons. To get something like that to disappear and reappear in a different place, or even to cloak it, you know, um, that's that's next level. Um, So honestly, I'm a little bit on the fence regarding the validity of this story. I don't like using the word skeptical. It's one of my least favorite words. But I'll just say I'm on the fence because if there's any possible way that the government could have improved this technology for military use they would have done it by now <laughs> and if not they would have thrown billions of dollars at it trying to make it happen and if that's the case if they did you know um, improve this cloaking or teleporting technology we would have caught wind of it somehow something would have leaked by now and uh, suffice to say <laughs> I. I you know, call me uh, jaded, but I, I think our government in some ways kind of has a dark history. I, I think they would be willing to sacrifice the lives of some willing participants in an effort to improve and develop this technology. So I don't think they're so much concerned about the, the human life aspect, sadly. I don't even think they're worried about the money aspect either because they go into debt. They'd pay any amount to have that sort of technology. I just don't believe that they do. I just don't believe that they do. I, the Cloaking technology does exist. In fact, there's you can see YouTube videos of this material. It's almost like a blanket material that a human can wrap around himself to almost become invisible. But to scale that up to the size of a battleship is something else. And, and to have it completely disappear and reappear somewhere else, uh, I just think that's beyond our capabilities for, for the time being. Next, we have a different article... And this takes place in the 1940s in rural Tennessee. And I remember this story I'm about to read to you. I caught wind of this years ago, and it has stuck with me for a very long time. And after hearing about this, I think it'll stick with you as well. So I'm going to just kind of paraphrase uh, what, what this is all about here. All right, so as the story goes, uh, there was a farmer in rural Tennessee and he had been working out in the field all day long his uh his son was working with him the son went inside to help the mom get supper ready and uh, a while later the boy comes back out into the field and he he finds his dad is his is missing the farmer is missing uh, there were horses attached to the plow but dad was gone and the the kid reported that he knows his dad wouldn't have just left the horses, he wouldn't have left the plow, like, right in the middle of the job. So the, the boy starts crying out, and he can, he can hear his, fa- his father answer him, but he couldn't see him. And, and his voice was kind of distant, it was like he was there, but he wasn't. Uh, in fact, they, they reported that it almost sounded like the dad was, like, underground, or, like, underwater. So the boy is freaked out, he's, he's panicking, he's asking his dad, where are you at? The dad keeps responding, I don't know where I'm at. The boy runs in the house, grabs his mom, the mom and daughter come running out. Uh, they're hollering, everybody can hear him, but nobody can see him. They checked the barn, he wasn't in the barn, they checked all over the place. Um, they were so concerned that they got the local sheriff involved. Uh, the sheriff came out with a crew of people. And they had the same the same problem. They were calling all over the place. Uh, the the and the, of course the family's distraught. The sheriff asks them to go inside uh, for the next couple hours. You know, the sheriff and and all the the other workers are just kind of walking the property, seeing if they can find him. And the farmer, ob- I mean, obviously seems really distraught, really concerned. They they can hear fear in his voice, but he was unable to to tell them where he was. Um, so this went on for several days Uh, the the sheriff was kind of at a loss they they didn't know what to do um every day the family would go back out into the same spot of the same field and the the dad would always reply i'm here i'm here but as the days went on his voice became more faint and more distant and eventually he stopped responding altogether Uh, we don't know we don't know if he fell into a portal um Sound could apparently travel through the divide, but uh, his physical body was nowhere to be found. Uh, And to make this even more creepy, as the years went by, that particular uh, patch of ground where they could hear his voice... Uh, eventually nothing would grow there. No grass, no plants, no vegetation would grow there. It was like a barren circle, and not even the animals would go near it. They kind of gave it a wide berth as they walked around it, almost as if, you know, they could sense that something was not quite right there energetically. Uh, Admittedly, it's kind of a sad story. Um, I will... I will say that some of the particulars and details of this story um, are kind of hard to round up. I I don't have any names available for you. I guess there's always the the off chance that this could be nothing more than hearsay or an urban legend. Uh, But if it is, it's a strange one, uh, because I've never heard of another case uh, quite like that one. And this next account, uh, call him what you will, a Viking, a warrior, time traveler. And uh, again, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this for you. So this incident was reported by a woman named Beth Fletcher who uh, on one warm spring evening uh, she was sitting in her car in a parking lot uh, waiting for her daughter's gymnastics class to get over and much like all the other parents in the parking lot, they, they do what parents do in parking lot. She was playing games on her cell phone and just kind of passing the time. She glanced up from her, from her phone and she said that over there was a tree somewhere nearby the gymnastics studio and from behind the tree appeared a big burly man. Now this man looked out of place. He had a long beard and he had hair that was even longer than his beard. Uh, He was wearing some sort of a metal helmet. He was wearing what looked to be full body armor, uh, metal body armor complete with a chest plate. You know, almost think like gladiator or or a Viking warrior. she, obviously, she was slack-jawed in amazement, but the, the weirdest thing was this this being, this guy, noticed her as well. They made eye contact. Uh, he seemed almost just as bewildered as, as she was. Uh, against her better judgment, Beth decided to get out of the car. <laughs> she was going to approach this guy and ask him who he was and what he was doing there. But as she opened her door and attempted to walk over to him, the man vanished. Poof. was just gone. Um obviously she was kind of taken aback. She asked a couple of the other parents uh, in other cars in the parking lot if they had seen this man. Nobody had. I suppose that's uh not entirely surprising given that they were probably staring at their phones as well. Um but that's an odd one. You know, it leaves us with more questions than answers. It's a short story, it's kinda short and sweet, but a weird one. So strange for sure. Uh but some of the questions I have, you know, did the man slip through a portal? You know, for Beth, it seems like the man had traveled, you know, uh, into the future, but, you know, or excuse me, for Beth's perspective, this man ab- appeared to be from the past, but from his perspective, it would seem like he had, tra- you know, teleported into the future. So I guess it's all a matter of perspective. Um, secondly, was he a ghost? that used to live on that land uh, long ago. If so, it seems to be an intelligent haunting rather than residual or leftover energy, because again, he could see her. He acknowledged her. Uh, if this had been like a residual energy, uh, she may have caught a glimpse of him, but he would have been clueless. He would have been minding his own business or oblivious to the fact that he was there in the first place. And thirdly, uh, you know, nobody else could see him. Again, I, I don't Think this is too terribly surprising, but I also think that the fact that nobody else saw him doesn't deter from the credibility of this sighting. Um, You know, I, for one, (laughs) not that Beth Fletcher's listening to this necessarily, but, you know, I'd be inclined to believe her. You know, weird things happen all the time. Just goes to show, you know, let this be a lesson for us. Sometimes it's advisable to detach from our technology a little bit, put our cell phones down, look up, you know, keep our head on a swivel. Um, I think people nowadays see paranormal activity with, you know, frequency, but I think, you know, maybe in the not so distant past, humans were even more prone to the supernatural and paranormal because we were more in tune. We were more in tune with nature. We were more in the present. We were less distracted by the technology that's at our fingertips. So I don't know. I don't know if this was a guy that, that had popped through to the present from the past. He was clearly out of place. Um, and I will say kind of as a side tangent or follow up, um, Beth allegedly uh, reached out to. <laughs> she did a little research because she was she was wondering if maybe this was like a um, if there was like a Renaissance fair somewhere nearby or a festival or a costume contest. Mind you, this was late spring, not Halloween time. As she couldn't find any festivals or carnivals going on, so whoever this was, he was clearly out of place. And the fact that he vanished uh, is even further proof that it was paranormal in nature, or at least unexplainable. Um, I've been asked before, have I ever seen a portal? Um, uh, probably not surprising. My answer is yes. I'm kind of lifelong, uh, propensity for things that are so strange. This took place, oh gosh, maybe, uh, back in about 2014 or so and i was living in a residential neighborhood here in omaha nebraska and i walked out into my front yard my dog was out you know doing his business in the front yard and i just kind of walked out kind of near the sidewalk towards the bottom of my driveway and i'm just kind of looking right and i'm looking left and as i looked left i was just looking up the street it's a fairly wide street houses you know on each side and what i saw i can only describe as a portal mind you this what I saw was huge it was roughly the size of a semi truck and it was tunnel shaped it was kinda shimmery and translucent yet solid enough that I could see it and the best way I can describe it is it it originated from the the front yard of a house on the left side of the street kind of came out of the ground if that makes sense and it shot diagonally over the street over the houses on the other side so from bottom left to top right it shot across the street very fast and probably less than a second um, but but slow enough still that i could catch a good glimpse of it and mind you this did not happen out of my peripheral vision i was looking straight at this thing so it wasn't uh, you know an eye floaty it wasn't a, a bird that flew by i saw it with both my eyes uh, straight on and i've yet to be able to explain it um i I don't know best my best explanation or description was that it was a portal a portal from where or to where uh, i have no idea and despite my intuition you know i can't i can't crack the case i've never really seen anything like that before or since uh, not to that caliber anyway because we're talking about a big tunnel you know something the size of a semi-truck is going to stand out uh, much like Beth I was uh, this was a sighting that I saw all on my lonesome there was no other bystanders or witnesses but again I think um, it doesn't necessarily detract from the credibility of a person or a sighting I wish somebody was out there and saw what I saw uh, it kinda helps us feel more normal um, you know to corroborate and collaborate with other people that have you know have their own eyeballs on it but you know I'll take what I can get it was weird and I like weird things Um, Speaking of uh, so strange, if you like strange uh, topics, you might also enjoy my other podcast that I do. It's called Paranormal Dads, and we have nearly 80 episodes available and ready for your listening pleasure. That's uh, co-hosted by my friends Eddie and Pat. Uh, we explore the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries over there on Paranormal Dads, and we we like to have a lot of fun too. So we have a lot of jokes and a lot of dad jokes and chuckles on that show. Uh, please rate and review So Strange if you're enjoying it so far. Uh, it goes a long way to ensure that I can reach new people and keep doing this for a long, long time to come. Uh, shameless plug: October twenty eighth. If you're not busy. Please join me. I'm doing a digital video event on Zoom. It's called Digital Spookfest, A Night of Terror. I'm going to leave a a link uh, to get tickets to that in the show notes. Uh, So if you want to hop on that night, it'll be a live event. I'll be sharing some of my very best paranormal stories. And uh, again, if you become a uh, subscriber to this podcast, you might be the lucky person of the month that wins a free ticket. To digital spook fest uh, but check it out nonetheless it's gonna be a lot of fun and I'm also gonna give uh, some of the people joining us uh, a chance to share their own paranormal stories so uh, should be fun uh, I'm, I'm really really looking forward to that and it's a great way to connect if you live in California Texas or Florida or wherever you're at or overseas somewhere else uh, please join in if you can as for portals I do believe they exist uh, unlike Bigfoot or ghosts or other strange mysteries You can't exactly go hunting for portals. It's a hard phenomena to investigate. They seem to pop up randomly and disappear just as quickly. Now, Some portals can take us into the past, others propel us into the future. Perhaps they can even act as a gateway between worlds, a bridge that spans the divide between time and space. It's a mystery that won't be solved anytime soon, a phenomenon that we can only place in the miscellaneous junk drawer of the paranormal world, a drawer labeled so strange.